Hi, I'm Tom Griffith, and welcome to the Greater Formation and Power podcast. Here we'll discuss topics and practices that will help you deepen your intimacy with God the Father, exercise your authority in Jesus the Son, and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in God's truth and intimacy and power. We need all three strands working together in our lives because we believe that nothing else will actually do. So what I wanted to um, share briefly is you know, what I do. I want to help people get clear what they are. I, I base that understanding for me um, around the uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 passage that we are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works that he's prepared in advance for us. So the good news is he's been working on you. <laughs> How long has he been working on you? Actually, since before you were even, you existed. That's what kind of a wild idea. He imagined you and he's been working that thing out. He was working on you through the generations, from my take, he's been working on you through through generations. He's used thousands of people. He's used your broken, broken family line. And he wove a recipe together down through the line and spoke life into your mother's womb. You are uniquely, mysteriously formed, and he's been working on you the whole time you've been conscious of life. And so that's good news. Um, and he is additionally preparing things for you. So he's working on you and he's been preparing things for you. Um, and so what does he want us to do with that? This is where some of my kind of take on things might be a little different than we generally hear. Um, I think what he wants to do, you to do, is first of all to be you. And I don't mean that in a self-actualization way. I mean it in a be blessed. Why did he create you? Because he wants to enjoy you. And he wants you to enjoy you. And he mostly wants you to enjoy you in him. Because he enjoys you enjoying him. <laughs> that's the part, actually, that's going to last forever. Is your ability to receive and enjoy what he's doing and enjoy him and enjoy him enjoying you. That part goes through all the stages that we can't even imagine beyond where we live. You may have a tendency, like uh, if you're like me, you might have a tendency to think your main purpose is you're just serving the and I want to see the kingdom come. I want to see the kingdom advance. And that's my purpose in life. Yes. Secondarily so. Which may sound American selfish. First, it's to enjoy God. And to enjoy your life in God. And out of that, to flow into those things that he has for you. So first, it's to be you. And second, it's to do the, the good works that he's been working on for you. And so some of those things um, are being prepared over time. And that even affects how we pray. We may end up 
talking about that a little bit. I'm not sure. So basically, if you summarize that, it comes down to this is a pretty solid group. I can share biblical concepts quickly. You know, it's pretty much the Abrahamic covenant. Be blessed and be a blessing. That's what we're here about. But it's not just the general. You know me well enough to know I'm not just about like, we're to be blessed and be a blessing. Have a great day. No, that need need needs to mean things. It needs to mean things for who you are that are unique to you because God is uh if you if you take a moment and you pull back and you say, like, okay, often if you hear me pray, I'll say, Oh, God, you're the creator of everything. And I start to get overwhelmed in a moment because you can pull back from you to your family, to your neighborhood, to your city to the nations, to the globe, to the solar system, to the galaxy, to universes. And you realize like God is holding all of this. Like, what? What? How can we not be overwhelmed every time we even consider who God is? And then you realize we're somehow bearing his image. Well, how much of his image are we bearing? <laughs> we are bearing one speck of the image of God. And it's, you are a unique facet that represents God. And that representation is even in how he created you, your personality, your view of things, the way he's gifted you. It is a unique, specific manifestation of the presence of God. And if we just stay in the general, I just kind of represent God generally, you probably don't. If you can be who you actually are in him and move in what he's made you to be, you can uh, represent him in power. So that's kind of just a philosophy from which I do what I do. And related to that, as I mentioned, is the idea of first, if you've all heard me say that his greatest gift to you is you. God's greatest gifts to Evelyn is Evelyn. Now, that does not fly in Sunday school well, because that's not usually what we're teaching them first thing in the, the deal, right? But it is, his gift to you is you, his gift to everybody is Jesus, and his gift to you is Jesus, but his greatest gift to you is you, because if he didn't do that, you don't exist. And that's not trite little expression. I think we can be thankful to God every day that we, you know, if you have five senses, Whatever those didn't COVID didn't take from anybody, we get to like it's crazy. How could it be? I get so over. I feel like I'm getting more overwhelmed as I get older all the time. Somehow, I have this ability. I don't even know how to make things vibrate in my neck, and it comes out my mouth into the air making sound that is being picked up in a microphone somehow i don't know how <laughs> it's going through the universe it's coming to your computer or your phone this somehow vibration that i created it's being decoded to come out and you through things in your ear and eyes are picking that up decoding it and it has meaning to you like what this is just just that one thing is like i could stay there for days and just be god how i can't believe i get to do this i can and that's not even having any it's just i get to 
speak and hear. Like these are miracles. So his greatest gift to you is just that you exist. Mm. Let's enjoy that. Every aspect of it that we can. So what's he want you to do with that? He wants you to receive the gift. And that's different than just like habit. No, we're receiving it from God. So that's the intimate space that starts everything in our life. We're receiving who we are from the creator, from our father, our relational creator. So we're receiving the gift and that's just our life. I haven't even talked about like new birth. I believe everybody on this call has this like uh, transcendent encounter with God in your being. That, that that opens up a whole nother level of things. So what's he wants you to do? Receive all of that. And somehow open the gift. And so to open the gift is to explore it. Whether that's exploring all the content of our faith. That's exploring uh, my abilities. My abilities that are different than uh, Doug's abilities. Doug's abilities are like unbelievable. But mine are different than his. And I can do some things, maybe one or two that he can't do. He can do about 500,000 I can't do. We And we don't have to even compare. You just, you're opening it and understanding this, really? And even uh, yesterday, coaching someone, <clears throat> often the things that he's put in you that come most naturally to you are things that are not like that for others. And if we're not, receiving and opening them, we don't even know that we have stuff to bring to the table. Mm. And what you do have to bring to the table is actually what God's put in you because God God's bringing it to the table through you. But if you don't know it, you don't even know how to bring it to the table. So I want to encourage that we want to open who we are. And that is the exploring and uh, practicing and trying all the things that God's put in our unique self and as we do that he wants you to enjoy it i'm learning or trying to learn at this point <laughs> to enjoy when i'm at the in that kind of anxious space of being uh stretched and or am fearful to even enjoy that rather than run from it I feel like I wish I got a little better handle on that maybe 40 years ago um, because that's where their life really is, is to learn to enjoy things that don't naturally just uh, fall into place, but are the expanders of my life. But he wants you to open and enjoy. And then once you've gotten that, now he wants you to own it. and. By that, I mean to master what you got and to take responsibility for it. And I honestly think this is what discipleship is. Um, what I'm talking about is not like self-help. Um, and I actually think that what we call discipleship isn't. I think what I'm talking about is actually discipleship. And I'll make a simple case in a moment. But so... To own it would also be to recognize where he's placed us and to be responsible in that space, 
to, you know, put it simply or in cliche language that some do, to to be planted, where has he planted you, and to bloom in that space. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that, this is 101 level. I want to go to 202 level. But 101, if you don't know who you are, you can't do much with that. And if you don't recognize where you've been planted so that you uh, you won't be able to take responsibility for it. And if you don't know who you are and don't know where you've planted, you will not bloom. You will not express the fullness God has for you. You can't. So just living a life and trying to, to kind of like read scripture and follow him, that's a value, but it's not as what... It's not really what discipleship looks like. Discipleship is to understand all that he's given you and be able to do something with it. So once you have that kind of like own it and you're starting to like uh, take responsibility in the realms, you know, I'll say that your roles primarily, they want you to start aiming it. And that's what I started with, that question of like, what's your purpose? And um Often when you ask people that, they are befuddled, right? It's a question that maybe they haven't heard before. Christians have heard it more. And then Christians tend to give a kind of like a biblical generic answer. And there is value that, you know, I want to be blessed. I want to bless others. I want to help others to understand the kingdom of God. But that's not unique to you. And so when you live with a broad, it's like a broad mission statement or a broad purpose, you often will miss things and you can't prioritize your life well. But as you get more specific of what that looks like, now you can live purposefully with your life. As Jonathan shared, his sense of purpose is, I want to be a part of the renewal, the transformation of the church in the United States. Well, one, that's pretty big, that's broad. And another one, that already helps him to say yes and no to some things, right? And our purpose starts to help us to prioritize. Our purpose helps us to recognize what we need, what we need to grow in. If I'm going to walk in that purpose, I will be, I need to seek out training that will help me mature in that purpose. So I'm not seeking training over here that relates to somebody else's purpose. I'm seeking training that relates to my purpose. We have two elementary ed men here today. Well, that you know, which I just so love. Well, training for that is different than the kind of training that Doug's going to be doing in consulting, that Faye's going to be doing. You know, that that training helps that prioritization helps us now recognize what we need to grow to be larger in what we're doing so we receive we open we enjoy we're starting to own now we're aiming now we invest our whole life with all we have we're investing our time our energy our resources it directs our purpose and we're we're shaping our lives and creating margin so that we also can respond to things that God's doing. He's often coming in from the outside. And so if we're too measured, too structured to the edge of the page of our planner or whatever, then we will miss things like they missed the person on the side of the road who was the the Samaritan. Um, 
So we don't want to miss what God's doing from the side. But if we just live a spontaneous life, it's not the purposeful life that God has for you. So I like to describe that uh, as we mature, our lives become more like um, beep, beep, um, beep, beep. By that, I mean I'm moving in my purpose and spontaneous things come up that I'm responding to, but generally moving in my purpose. When we're immature or we don't know, our lives look like this. They're scattered and don't have purpose and honestly don't carry the same power because we're not maturing in it, because we're not growing in those things. So we want to do that and create kind of margin that also has in it health. <laughs> and health means body, soul, and spirit. That we want to be healthy in, in, in our whole being. That's a long description of discipleship. I don't think you can leave any of that out. And it isn't serving God till you burn out and die and it's not in health. No, that's not discipleship. That's abusing the very the most important gift he gave you, which is you. And that's actually imparting to others dis-ease. We're imparting disease that we've not addressed. Whether it is that I have unforgiveness and I'm teaching and helping people, but I'm I'm spewing out a little bit of unforgiveness gets on there. If it's pride, if it is striving, if it's whatever, we want health in our soul too. And if I don't have any margin, I'm going to be imparting frenetic life, which is the main problem of the evangelical church. We worry about the things of the world, and we are, uh, 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 yeah, and what, did you read this? Here's the next thing to do. Here, oh, yeah, this is what I read. This, this, uh, uh, uh. does that feel right to you? It isn't. So. All of that from receiving to opening to enjoying to owning to aiming and investing well in response to God under his lordship is what I believe discipleship is. The hard part of that is how do you help somebody else? Mm. There aren't manuals, you know, it's hard. Well, that's where we have to come alongside only a few. You can't do this mass producing. And it, and it is along the way of helping you feedback on who they're marrying or the job decisions or sicknesses or grieving, all the stuff that we're walking through. Well, if that's the case, it must take a long time to disciple somebody. Yep. And I might not be able to do very many people. Yep. Well, how in the world could we do that if we were in a discipling kingdom? That's the only way to do it. It has to be pray to the Lord of the harvest, beseech the Lord of the harvest, cry out, oh, king of the harvest, raise up workers. We need millions and millions of workers on the planet who are actually doing this kind of thing that's helping whole life be wholly following God. So I wanted to just 
share that. <laughs> and along the way of doing it, we need to be cleansed. We need to be healed. We need to be you know, renewed and restored. That's all along the way. That's all other stuff. So I know there's a whole lot, but I just wanted to share that. <laughs>